0: I what you have to do against this guy? Yeah, more in the mood for a beer right now. <laughs> um... <laughs> Hello, friends, and welcome, welcome to this. The Backenders here. We bring you all the ins and the outs from the great game of tennis. Here we cover each tennis slam, and we're unafraid to slam tennis. And with me, a man whose tennis podcasting skills are, according to acclaimed critics, fine. <laughs> They're fine. That's fine. They're mighty fine. Catters, Catters, welcome.
1: Good to be with you, Lightning. I'm a little flat today, if I'm perfectly honest. It's been a tough seven days. Okay. I really had been bigging up this tournament in my mind. You know, you have the flat, barren, desolate wasteland of Roland Garros, and Mm. you've walked through the desert, and you see this oasis, and I was all in on this, Lightning particularly buying into the heritage of the tournament. I'd gold-plated my teeth. I'd managed to coordinate a transfusion to take on some royal blood. I'd even employed my local paperboy as a butler and legally renamed him Jeeves. And I'll tell you what, that little bastard could learn a thing or two about making a decent cup of tea, if you ask me. So I was ready, Lightning, and I turned on the telecast only to see a bunch of... Amateurs, clad in white, falling on their asses, basically doing everything but impaling themselves on their own rackets. And I thought I'd accidentally tuned into British Funniest Home Videos. It was an absolute (laughs) disgrace. I mean, if you muted the telecast lightning, it looked like some sort of experimental art project as these people just crawled across the grass with some sort of figurative net Dividing them, it was it was actually quite deep. You just wouldn't understand. <laughs> I did enjoy
0: Cutters hearing Goffin, Goffin constantly,
1: and Lightning. When I mentioned on the last episode that any sort of tinkering with the traditions of Wimbledon is a slippery slope, it, was, <laughs> it wasn't meant to be a memo to the groundsman. <laughs>
0: Tatters, you are, of course, referring to the fact that week one of Wimbledon saw players falling over left, right and centre, unable to stand at various points. We've seen significant injuries causing players to be withdrawn. We've seen Nick Kyrgios come out and say, this isn't grass. He then later said, it feels like I'm playing at Roland Garros. I mean, this is not the things you ever want to hear. Djokovic, (laughs) he fell over constantly, I think five or six times in the opening set, I mean, honestly, I was never sure whether he was playing tennis or trying some Kama Sutra positions, some of the contortions he was doing on the baseline. (laughs) So, Katis, what is going on with the grass of Wimbledon? I mean, it has been two years since it was played on. Is there any issues with
1: it being left too long? It has been two years, Lightning. I mean, I'm no expert on grass. For that, I'd have to defer to one Snoop Dogg, who probably has a PhD (laughs) in the matter. But... I don't think a lot can change in 24 months. But again, it's these subtle, subtle moves that the Brits are doing to break with tradition that I'm very concerned about, Lightning. If you read it Mm. carefully, they'd actually rebranded themselves in anticipation of this as the Glass Court Fall England Club. Which we should have seen coming. And the players just didn't read the fine print. We talked a lot about Wimbledon taking out a great insurance package that meant they didn't have to host the event last year. They also took out a giant insurance package that said, we do not even have to leave out Slippery When Wet (laughs) signs out on the surface you players you're on your own here if you don't have water skis or whatever the freak you need to deal with these conditions not our problem and that's where i take great issue because fundamentals i mean back in my day Mm. wooden rackets Mm. learning tennis at primary school what was the first thing you learned lightning i assume stay on your feet cadders it is footwork lightning footwork is 101 and there's two parts. Let me break that down for you chump professional tennis players out there. There's foot. Most of you are pretty good at that. You have what is required. The second part is work. You, you have to do some work. I don't care if you have to shuffle moonwalk jive your way to the net but staying upright, a fundamental of the game lightning that I just feel has been lost in this pandemic.
0: It's fair. And it's fair also though, Catters, that there's a higher degree of difficulty. I mean, players having to come out with two walking sticks in either hand <laughs> yeah. as well as holding the racket, you know, was adding a degree of difficulty.
1: It's quite the trek, and I think <laughs> it was a bold and privileged move by one Roger Federer to bring his own Sherpa to carry his bags <laughs> around the baseline. <laughs>
0: Kind of acted like a caddy, and in between <laughs> returns, he'd re-choose the racket and hold this. Exactly, yeah. And the wheelchair event didn't look the same with the players on tractor tyres, uh, just to <laughs> navigate the treacherous <laughs> terrain.
1: So true, lightning, and dreadful for Sir Andy Murray, where there have been teams of scientists responsible for programming his robotic legs. They could never have anticipated that there needed to be an anti-slip function, and they've been <laughs> baffled. It was a great failure, and it was a failure of grass in general, lightning, which again leads me to this sneaking suspicion that there is only one true holy godly surface and that is hardcore yes. call me a traditionalist lightning I grew up on the concrete mm. back alleyways of Melbourne I was just Benny from the block <laughs> hustling <laughs> turning tricks selling my body for sets of tennis <laughs> it's all available <laughs> in my unauthorized autobiography Street Catters. <laughs> not proud of it lightning kind of proud of it <laughs> But there I learned that life is a concrete jungle, Lightning, that you have to be able to navigate. Not everyone's privileged enough to grow up on grass and parents who love them. And (laughs) clay, we know, is a lost cause. Sure. We already have 50% of the slams being conducted on hard court. Of course, there's some slight variations between them, but that's all semantics, Lightning. Mm. And my Mm. proposal is, and I've been saying it for a long time, let's get some of your favourite Greek concreters. I'm sure Itsy Sitsy has a few uncles lying about (laughs) to just roll in to Wimbledon and concrete the crap out of that entire (laughs) premises.
0: I totally agree, Catters. I mean, for me, we've had clay and... You and I, we've put a line through it. And we couldn't see it because it was freaking clay. And that's one of the key issues. So we've tried clay. We've tried grass. For me, Kat, I'm just sick of the natural elements. I mean, the Egyptians, they tried playing tennis on sand. Didn't work. Those Fijian fire walkers, they tried on fire. It just, (laughs) it wasn't working. Jesus, he tried playing on water. And it was a fairly one sided affair. No more natural elements. I'd be okay, look, make it brick, whatever, but just get rid of the natural elements. No more grass. I think that's where we're heading, isn't it?
1: Absolutely, Lightning. I've got nothing in my head. I'm just really excited, and I want to hug the whole stadium. <laughs>
0: Cutters, our first segment, our come on segment, a segment in which we turn our attention to that which has got us excited. I appreciate week one. We preferred it when our tennis players were standing, navigating the vertical stance challenges. So, Cutters, after they managed to find some footing, what was it you most appreciated about week one of Wimbledon?
1: Well, Lightning, look no further than the return of St. Nick. Nicholas Curios. He's been moonlighting as COVID cop. We've missed the guy. He's had bigger fish to fry lightning. Sure. I've seen him out at nightclubs testing people for COVID. I've seen <laughs> him at airport lounges patting people down. That is still requiring an explanation. Uh, I'll leave that for his legal team. When you're mentored by a guy named Pat Cash, I'm guessing that <laughs> groping random strangers kind of comes with the territory. I don't know. But Lightning, just to see the man who, to be honest, we thought he'd lost interest in the sport. I thought yeah. he was going to become a professional gamer or just go in another direction completely. But he has found that tennis, that's still worthwhile. That's that's okay. It's fine. It's fine. It's I'll fine. show up. I'll do minimum preparation. And I will just breathe life into these dry bones that is global tennis. And I'm loving it. So, Lightning, when we were doing our preview episode, I don't think we even knew if he was coming to Wimbledon. It's really just a question of whether St. Nick feels like it at the moment. And I feel like he's had some good counselling. You see in his post-match press conferences, he's very zen. He knows who he is. Mm. He's like, some people are champions... Some people have discipline. I'm Nick Curios, And I just love that he's found his niche, which is happy Gilmore, ready to torch the sport when things don't work out for him. But for now... I'll entertain you. And everyone's pretty happy with this arrangement. And I tell you who else is happy with this arrangement, Venus Williams, because they are a dynamic duo. Mm. We had Sir Andy, which was the Serena Williams, and Andy Murray. Mm. We had Bennifer, when Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez tried to enter mixed doubles at the US Open, which wasn't very successful. (laughs) Stick to acting, you lazy chumps. Uh, I propose you've got Venus and Saint Nick, who's a professional player. So combined, yes. penis. It's a great, <laughs> memorable...
0: <laughs> Here I was going highbrow with, you know, man from Mars and woman called Venus. But no, I, I think penis better summarizes...
1: UTS marketing team, you're welcome. <laughs> but beyond that lightning, it feels like Curious has shown up... And like a musician playing a festival, he's just playing all the hits. Yes. Shows up, yes. taking coaching from the crowd, Yes. leading up to match point, asking certain crowd members, even if they are multiple rows away, <laughs> where he should serve on match point. Rocking up in his basketball shoes, only to be told, <laughs> you're playing tennis Why do you have a bow and arrow? You're not at the Olympics. You need a racket. (laughs) You need tennis shoes. We worry about Venus getting dementia. This guy doesn't even know what sport he's playing when he's showing up to a Grand Slam. So I am loving Nick for all of those reasons.
0: Yes, it has been absolutely wonderful to have him back and all his tricks. Having said that, Kat, he's no more. He's just been taken out by Auger Alisim all so it's much more about his fitness. He pulled out due to an abdominal strain. Sad to see the big man go, Cutters.
1: Yeah, I mean, those are the perils of playing against a part time magician like Augie Eliazim. I mean, if you don't have your wits about you at the change events, he will try and saw you in half. And when that goes <laughs> wrong, you're going to have one hell of an abdominal injury, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Lightning, what are you excited about?
0: Oh, cutters for me, it was sad to see my tip for the tournament on the women's side. Serena Williams unable to complete her first round match, making a first round exit due to injury, due to the aforementioned glass court tennis that she was playing. Uh, It was terrible to see. No one wanted it. We wanted her to, to make 24. But of course, we did get the taste of Serena we are used to. And that is her coming in, in her traditional Halloween costume, and it was something (laughs) to behold, Cadiz. I'm sure you've seen it. I'm sure we've all seen it. It was essentially this huge, giant, multiple-metre train that kind of looked like a wedding dress, Cadiz. To be honest, when I initially saw her, I'd feared that she'd just got a little bit of toilet paper stuck on the dress just as she was leaving from the change rooms. But no, alas, the longer I looked, and as she continued to walk out, and much like Angier Aliasim pulling all that material out of his hat, midway through one of his matches, the material just kept coming as she'd walked out. And I kind of almost expected to see her daughter Olympia just following behind playing flower girl and throwing out (laughs) rose petals and all her previous year's trophies, just throwing them all over the court. But alas, no. So it was extraordinary, Catas. I mean, it was a good thing the Queen wasn't there because the Queen would have felt underdressed watching Serena Williams come out on court that day. So extraordinary attire, but of course devastating. And to see Serena go out sad and shocking but also disappointing because she had six other costumes ready to roll out from the (laughs) wedding scene and I was keen to see who else she was going to play. I I, I sensed the drunk uncle was coming in a few rounds time and that would have been one to behold. It
1: it was an incredible outfit lightning and also a great foreshadower of things to come later on in that match. Here comes the slide. I'll give you the racket and we'll no, see, how no. times, see how many times you can return his serve also. No, no, but you're, you're a professional tennis player. I'm not.
0: Okay. It's time now for the segment we like to call Fed Up and poo down a segment in which we turn our attention to those who are perhaps following in the great steps of Fed, a man who to this point, cutters has been disappointed with those who are coming behind him, who's he's keen to pass that baton on and to this point of merely been using that button to Use it as a bong or something. The the disappointment (laughs) of those young chumps following in his wake and yet somewhere amidst that mire are the up-and-comers of our tennis future stars. But, of course, we also highlight the poo-downers, those who are failing to deliver on their potential in the vein of one, Mark. The poo. Philipposis Catters,
1: who is your fed-up? Lightning. My fed-up is actually not a player this time, Mm, but it is someone closely linked to a player We love the fans of the sport, Lightning. It is what keeps the sport running. It's what Mm -hmm. pays the bills. It's what ensures that we have a strong listener base for the backhanders.
0: Strong being multiple.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So, Lightning, I just want to underline what's probably more of a visual reference, but that's never stopped us attempting (laughs) humour in the past. And that is Novak Djokovic's superfan from the opening rounds, where this lovely lady of about 70 years old, I would say, sitting in the crowd, enjoying the atmosphere, cheering on that lovely lad that is Novak Djokovic. But alas, is she wearing a t-shirt that says Go Go Novak? No, she's not. Is she donning an anti-vaxxer hat? No. Is she carrying the Serbian flag? No. Instead, she's opted to bring a canvas photograph of Mr Djokovic, semi-naked, looking flirtatiously at the camera and just holding it next to her in a very creepy fashion but because she's 70 and lovely we're kind of giving her the benefit of no doubt in my mind that she's a stalker and this isn't so much of a fed up as a complaint that when I wore a necklace woven out of the hair of Anka Hoover that I managed to cut from her ponytail in the 1995 Oz Open, it was deemed creepy and illegal. And look, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, although I did actually try that before attempting to eat it in a spiritual ceremony with a shaman later that year. But I just want to highlight that times have changed, Lightning. We're a more open and... uh, Promiscuous. (laughs) And sexually promiscuous society, Lightning. And I'm all for it. (laughs) And
0: if she happened to be at the dance club when Djokovic was topless and was able to take a picture of him, well, sure. Mount it on a canvas and carry it around.
1: All power to you, Gertrude. (laughs) And a second little bonus fed-up, Lightning, while we're talking about a segment that should relate to players but doesn't. My (laughs) other fed-up is false hope. Nothing gives me more pleasure than when the Brits get excited about imminent success only to fall off a cliff and break (laughs) their collective national neck. And it's a wonderful thing, Lightning. So I give big props to you, the British public, for getting behind... 1 Emma Raducanu oh. the 300000th ranked <laughs> player in the world Who they poached from Canada. Let's be honest. I am no fan of poaching players from other countries. And the fact that she moved to the United Kingdom as a two-year-old was completely illegitimate. And that should mean that she's not allowed to play any sport for any nation. She is a traitor and she should not be allowed anywhere near the sport of tennis. But she's managed to find her way to slither onto the outside courts, pick up a racket, stay on two feet, which props. She's done better than most of the women in the top 100 and smash her way through to the fourth round. And what has that done? Has that meant that the British public are keeping a lid on it? No, the lid is off. The jar has been tossed across the other side of London and they are going crazy for yet another woman who is bound to disappoint them. So I'm excited about Emma Raducanu and like the English football team, I look forward to how she is going to dash their hopes in the coming days. (laughs)
0: you are of course cutters referring to the 18 year old who was as you said 338 in the world coming into the tournament and of course the brits are just going gaga for this woman who by the time this podcast has released will be on the plane back to canada trying to get a gig there trying to become an assistant in ojelia sims next magic show who knows what she's (laughs) going to do but, I mean, I think for Brits, it's unusual to see anyone in the second week of this tournament. They're usually mourning or grieving in a pub at about this time. So, for them, <laughs> they are hanging on to any hope they can possibly get, which you are about to dash, my friend. And, Catters, who is your poo-down?
1: Lightning, my poo-down is women's tennis. Right. Some might say that's painting with a rather large brush, but that's <laughs> never stopped me in the past. And I'll give you a couple of examples of why... Women's tennis is pooing down currently. The first is Yelena Ostapenko, Known for her mind games, her trickery, her conniving on the court. No fan of hers, Lightning. I don't like the way that she always finds a reason to call a medical timeout at the most inopportune time for the opponent. And she's done it again overnight, Lightning, against our Aussie Isla Tomjanovic. Uh,
0: Croatian-born australian Tom Lanovich, Katis? Lightning, I think you'll
1: find since 2018, she has called Australia home. And (laughs) (laughs) I will not be called a hypocrite on my (laughs) podcast.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough, as you were.
1: (laughs) Especially as I hang this Danish flag out of my balcony to celebrate the Euro Championship success (laughs) thus far.
0: (laughs) It's fair to say we wouldn't have too many Australian champions without the borrowing, the renting of players.
1: Absolutely, Lightning. But Radikanu, you're on notice. Back to (laughs) Ostapenko. Yes, yes. In this tight tussle with our Aussie Isla, she manages in the third set down for Love to call a medical timeout. Mm. And in doing so, leaves the court for 11 minutes. Mm. Now, Lightning, we can only hypothesize what was taking place During this medical timeout. And I am using quotation marks. Another visual gag lightning that the listeners will appreciate. What the heck was going on for these 11 minutes lightning? All that the press know was that there were multiple cars full of professors, philosophers, theologians arriving... this think tank that she'd organized off court and just a bunch of whiteboards wheeled in giving her all of these options as to how she can come back from the brink of a third round exit lightning
0: they had miracle workers shamans there was cobras coming out of cases it was
1: something to behold It was the who's who of witchcraft on the outside courts, Lightning. And it's a circus that the WTA can ill afford at this stage in terms of credibility, Lightning. I worry, I worry Mm. that Mm. this is turning into a farce. So here's my new rule, Lightning. You have to have a visible injury to call an injury timeout. I want blood... I want guts. (laughs) Can I also add to that, Lightning? A fracturing of a bone is not enough. I'm sorry. It has to be a compound fracture. I need to see the bone (laughs) outside of your (laughs) flabby skin pouch if I'm going to grant you 11 minutes off my court. So I'm pooing down on you, Ostapanko, for your existential crises and NASA coaching at various intervals. (laughs) Secondly, tanking. I've always been a fan of tanking lightning. Whatever gets a women's match quicker off the schedule so that we can move on to the juicy stuff later in the day, I'm a fan of. So I should be fedding this up, but instead I'm pooing down the disgruntled illegitimate Olsen twin, that is Sophia Kennan, who went out there and shanked 47 unforced errors in a 45-minute loss. That... Someone woke up on the wrong side of the bed.
0: That's just like a baseballer in the nets against a batting machine. That's just shanking balls out of the net one after the other.
1: I would argue that one of the four grand slams is not the stage to work out whether playing with the opposite hand is preferable.
0: She just turned from cannon to cannon, and she basically just <laughs> catapulted balls out of the stadium. It
1: was just incredible, Lightning. I haven't seen a midget meltdown like this since Lord of the Rings. It's just... <laughs> so, Lightning, what's your fed up?
0: A good question, a fair question, particularly in a segment in which that's what we're supposed to answer, Cutters for me, Taylor Fritz, uh-huh. the American who, sadly, devastatingly, was in the French Open and despite a valiant effort, was taken. Was that the devastating part? Yes. He was in the French Open. One moment, silence, please. And for all those who have graced the devil's dirt. Business aside, Cutter's Taylor Fritz, the poor gentleman, was not only on the devil's dirt, but injured himself in the final point of the match in the French Open, to the point where he was wheelchaired out with a torn meniscus. Incredible. And of course with the very small gap between the French and Wimbledon it was well assumed that he'd be unable to take his place in the main draw of the All England Club and yet having gone under the knife within side 2 weeks he went from significant surgical repair to his knee to competing and getting to the third round of Wimbledon. Cutters, he's since come out and said, I'm positive this is the quickest anyone has ever returned to like actual professional competition from this surgery. Definitely any sport that requires direction changes. So this bloke is a modern miracle, Cutters. He's had this incredible surgery. He then apparently did three and a half hours of physical therapy six times a week, dramatically reworked his diet he removed any inflammatory foods to help with his recovery which meant no soft drink no fried foods to help get the swelling down in his knee and of course foregoing fried foods also meant him having to hand over his american citizenship so this bloke's (laughs) been through the ringer but cutters to make it onto court inside two weeks post surgery to the knee i mean
1: is what an incredible story! Absolutely, lightning. This is phenomenal, and I give great credit to Taylor Fritz. Wonderful, you trained every day. Congratulations. That's probably the low bar for a professional athlete, and you restrained from eating fried food, which only makes a more happy bubble mate tennis engren at the buffet. But the real hero here, lightning, is Doctor Fritz. <laughs> And I don't know if we need to introduce a new segment just dedicated to Dr. Fritz, but get this man on the tour because it sounds like we can introduce some sort of Formula One 10 second pit stop at the change events. You got a problem? Yeah, Dr. Fritz is your man. Ostapenko, you called for an injury timeout. For the next 11 minutes, I am literally putting you under and I'm doing whatever I want for 11 minutes to improve your game. If we had Dr. Fritz ready, willing and able, things like Kyrios, something as innocuous as (laughs) an abdominal injury, Dr. Fritz... Would have had the gloves on, change of ends, lie on the table, Nick. Take some of this laughing gas, just open up the stomach, fix him. What do you want to spend the last 30 seconds of your change of ends on, Nick? Because you're good to go. Anything else need a tweak?
0: bit of liposuction work while I'm at it, Nick. Just
1: (laughs) Serena, you're upset. Okay, you're suffering a broken heart because tennis left you at the aisle. Transplant. I got one. Good to go. (laughs)
0: <laughs> here's one from Sophia Cannon she wasn't using it so. <laughs> Cutters by poo down is Daniil Medvedev I'm a huge rat for this bloke so it pains me to see him move from the fed up category into the poo down category when really it, it, it's but a moment and he was having an epic five-set battle. In fact, for the first time in his Grand Slam career, he came from two sets to love down to beat former Wimbledon champion Marin Cilic. But, cutters, it was not the battle with Marin that, for me, was most notable. It was the battle with the giant ball of gas in the sky. <laughs> I mean, tennis players have long had battles against Venus, Other members of the planetary system, you know, Marit, Saturn. There's others that they've combated on court. But for Medvedev, it was the sun. This giant ball of gas had so got the better of him that he walked up to the chair umpire and said, there's the sun. The sun's in my eyes. I can't play. The sun. It's Wimbledon. It's the middle of summer. The the sun. I didn't sign up to this. What's going on? The chair umpire, who then turned to Danil and said, how about you wear a cap? (laughs) Medvedev said, sure, gave it a crack, put it on for one game, and then turned to him like a petulant child and said, it's too uncomfortable. It's too uncomfortable. (laughs) The sun. The sun.
1: Unbelievable. You'd think a guy who literally spawned out of hell (laughs) as the Medvedev would be a little more acclimatized to warm conditions. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I'm not sure coming from the underworld, he was familiar with daylight though, Catters. I think that's part of the problem.
1: And to be fair, no player should have to be subjected to sunlight when playing in a British summertime. So it's a shock to all of us. Please
0: don't patronise me. I'm not patronize me i, I would no, no. you. No, no, you are. In the way I'm you're, asking, in fair you're fair way asking your question, you're being quite disrespectful and you're patronising me. I'm a professional competitor who did her best today. Cut is our wildcard segment, an important one when we look at the slightly left of field issues in the great game of tennis. Of course, they come to the fore in Wimbledon. They've got some quirky rules, and we saw it in the women's qualifying at this year's Wimbledon when 25-year-old Dutch world number 206, Indy De Vroom, was caught out. The match referee stormed onto court and said, this is unacceptable. She said, you can't read De Vroom. <laughs> You are not reading Devrum. Carter's match referee stormed onto court to announce that the inside of her cap was too dark. The whiteness of the cap was a shade unacceptable to the standards of Wimbledon under rule number seven of Wimbledon's official dress code, which of course notes not just the cap itself, but the underbrim of the cap. So of course she was turfed because of this incredible incident. Cut as this follows, other incidents throughout our history at Wimbledon in which code violations have brought down significant players in 2017. Venus Williams was sporting a pink bra and had to change midway through her match in what she described as a moment that was awkward, (laughs) which of course it was. And in 2015, Eugenie Bouchard was almost issued with a code violation for wearing a black sports bra and of course the most notable was our friend aussie john millman who fell foul of the wimbledon fashion police in 2018 when they told him just before his match against milos Raonic that his undies were a little bit too loud for wimbledon and poor johnny just before his match had to send his dad off to the shops nearby find an apparel store purchase some undies bring him back And get him going before getting eventually pantsed by the big servant Canadian.
1: (laughs) Lightning, it comes back to what I've said before, which is there is an absolute need to maintain tradition at this tournament. And I'm Mm. 100% behind it. I think personally having paid the salaries of the fashion police that roam the outer courts of Wimbledon, I think that is money well spent out of the backhanders account. And... (laughs) I will not be challenged on this issue. And the small things like a visor, it might seem tiny, but if Room Vroom Von Dutch wants to show up to our tournament and make a mockery <laughs> of our rules, then I won't stand for it, as won't most of the players based on the first week's form Lightning. <laughs> but I think what everyone's missing here, Lightning, is that if you read the rule book very closely. Anything that you want to wear, as long as it's white, that's fine. I mean, we saw with Serena that you can wear a freaking wedding dress with full veil, bells and whistles, the works, And bells and whistles, I'm not saying metaphorically. There was literally cowbells (laughs) hanging off the back of that train just to remind people on court 17 that something was (laughs) happening. And as long as it's white... Fine. And for me, it gives opportunities to players that might otherwise not be able to even show up to the tournament to go in incognito. So if you have someone like Simona Halep pulling out with an injury, Mm -hmm. she could actually keep her position there, but let Eugenie Bouchard, for example, who's 800 in the world, show up dressed as... The marshmallow man from Ghostbusters 2, for example, never revealing her identity. Well, you know, Simona's beefed up a little bit in Romania in the offseason, but and grown about six meters taller, but we're none the wiser. And tremendous opportunity. Although if she plays Ostapenko, unfortunately, Yelena did include the four Ghostbusters as part of her 150-man entourage for <laughs> her injury timeout. She go out of the court on a chair, and and now she's in the locker, perfect, in the restaurant. So I I don't like these things. I'm sorry. I don't think she did a a good attitude on court. I didn't like that. It's a good job for her. If you want to do like that, it's a good job. But I'm bad because what's hurting me and make me angry, so well done for her.
0: Cutters, let's check in in this mid-tournament review to see how we're tracking with our predictions. Fascinatingly, we've got a women's draw in which Kerber is the only woman left who has made a Wimbledon final. So... We are, again, going to see some very interesting names right at the top of the women's game. It is a tight field. It's a field you can pretty much throw a net over. It is that tight on the women's side. And they did actually
1: attempt to throw a net contivate over the field, <laughs> which was another injury we should have mentioned, Lightning. Uh, it's, it did not... <laughs> Even Dr. Fritz found it hard to piece her back together. <laughs>
0: In a kind of Highland Games enactment where she was tossed. <laughs> Cutters, the men's side, very sadly, is a little bit one-dimensional at this point. Djokovic is carving them up and looking irrepressible. We've lost Tsitsipas early in the tournament. It doesn't seem like there's many threats to his reign. Cutters, tell us about your predictions. How are you looking midway through this tournament?
1: Well, I'm looking a lot better than you, Lightning, which is the main thing. And starting out with... <laughs> The Medvedevil, who won his battle with the Croat and the Sun. Medvedev, the Vampire Slayer, is moving his way through the drawer and hoping for some night matches, which don't exist, <laughs> but don't tell him that. And on the women's side, I've got Iga Shantek, who is looking yeah. well at home yes. on weed, as she refers to it. Uh- <laughs> I think it's just relaxing her a lot more. She coming into the tournament, she did mention that she didn't know how she would go on weed. Um she was worried it might affect her performance and I was able to slide into her DMs and reassure her that it'll be fine, man. It'll be fine. <laughs> so we've seen a great improvement in her forehand and her appreciation for reggae music. <laughs>
0: I mean, she's been so agile on court, but particularly agile around any drug testers that have attempted to try and check in with her throughout the tournament as well.
1: So if she can stay that one step ahead of... And the unexpected addition of Doritos as a major sponsor for the munchies that she's been getting in the second and third sets has been welcome.
0: Is that because the uh, bagels she's been dishing out, aren't (laughs)
1: That's and for my Dark Horses Lightning, Rublev, the man-child, yes. has been looking quite good. Mm. So I'm happy with him. He's still working his way through the field. Kat,
0: is enough focus on how well you're doing. Tell me more about Jennifer Brady. That, that tip, <laughs> Jennifer Brady. Tell us how she's doing. Really zone in on that.
1: Uh, she pulled out of the tournament, Lightning. Unfortunately, oh. she had a schedule conflict with a Brady Bunch reunion in LA. <laughs> so was unable... To attend, my bad, but when you're picking them as well as I am, you can afford to have a few dark horses opt out for various reasons. How are yours going, Lightning?
0: Uh, And that's all we've got time for today in (laughs) the Backhanders podcast. Cutters, Fed is still standing, albeit on nimble, very fragile legs, looking like Bambi at this point, but he's in there, and Cutters, wouldn't that be a dream? Serena, not so. I believe she's currently seeing Dr. Fritz, and we'll see whether she can get her up in time for perhaps even the second half of the tournament. Don't be surprised if she makes a shock. Inclusion with that doctor's form, Catter's my dark horse's word. We're talking dark web, dark. I mean, <laughs> Yannick Sinner and Andrescu neither are proven grass court players and probably will never be. Wouldn't be surprised if they no longer ever play on grass. They have been shockers, but Catter's we introduced a new segment. And, of course, we wanted to count the bucking horses, those brumbies that need a bit of taming, that are kind of out of step with the stallions that the All England Club expect. Catters, who have you noticed uh, this week's bucking horses?
1: Lightning, I could never have anticipated when we launched the Wild Stallion bucking horse segment that they would do this much damage to the court, Lightning. It has been wonderful to see, and it's mainly been the result of sliding around the baseline and just carving up that crap surface, and I've loved every minute of it. So, shout out to all the players that have done their own damage to the court's almost too many bucking broncos to count lightning oh, no. mainly because i haven't had the time to count them <laughs> uh, so i wanted to just give a shout out to a couple of particular wild stallions that have caught my eye lightning mm-hmm. on jabber the hit who has proved very much to be a hit with the crowds in the first week she's been carving it up on the outside courts and Vomiting on occasion as well, just to fertilise that grass. I'm not sure the ball kids are so happy to be standing in a puddle of <laughs> no. of jabber juice, but that comes with the territory, I'm afraid.
0: <laughs> oh, it was pretty alarming. Cutter's match point she had, to her advantage, steps up to the plate, and of course just toddles off to the royal box and just baffs up her guts. And look. There's a lot of us that don't like the Royals, but I don't think the Queen would have liked that one as she bends the knee before the old box. But um, I think she just felt she would have been spewing to lose it from there, I think.
1: And secondly, Maria Zachary, yes, the top-ranked Greek women's tennis player. She said in her press conference after bowing out in the early rounds... I'm actually relieved to be leaving Wimbledon because I didn't want to risk slipping over and getting injured before the Olympics, which I'm really excited about. So that says a little bit about where her priorities are. But full points for honesty, Maria. Consider it a bullet dodged. Having success at a Grand Slam, heaven forbid. Enjoy the Olympic Village.
0: (sighs) So, Kat, as I'm counting, Djokovic, Algebir, Serena taking a big tumble, Curios, uh, Zachary, Murray we've mentioned earlier, Schwantek, uh, Algebir. For me, demonures second round match w- was a violent assault to grass court tennis. Generally, <laughs> Uh shocking match. <laughs> Listeners, it is time to let you go and enjoy the second week of this, the 2021 Wimbledon but of course, please, we would love you to share the love. Think of those in your world, in your life, that would be blessed with the addition of backhanders in their ears. We'd love to have more listeners on board. So please review and share this podcast. Visit us on Instagram. Sign up to us on Facebook at The Backhanders. But of course, until we hear you in our wrap-up, our review episode in but a week's time. Until then, my friends, if you are getting excited about imported Brits, just remember to be quiet, please. And also be quiet about the original ethnicity of any and every former and current Australian sportsperson. person.